to show you guys where we're Rise and shine. Well, a very heavy, uh, heavy taste. We had a very Darison bite. Let's go ahead, Terrace Chase, and look for the bit. They have the pit. Hello. Okay, start recording your audio because I have some zingers I'd like to lay on you right off the bat. Three, two, one, get it. Okay, recording. I'm surprised <clears throat> that one of your New Year's resolutions wasn't to say umless. That's it. That's, right that's off the, whole. the bat. That's the whole right, roast. Right off the bat. Okay, well, did I you... I came ready. Um, guns a-blazing. What? Clarice said, wait, start recording your audio. I have something funny I want to say. And then she said, hey, do you still have breathing problems? <laughs> and then she came in with a pretty intense um, insult. Yeah. Um. Did you see that TikTok? Um, <laughs> did I send you the TikTok that was like the the girl and the gay best friends? Us. Um. <laughs> who were doing like a Greta Thunberg impression? Yes. God Almighty! This is like, She's my oh you like, oh you care about this serving cunt and popping pussy on the yacht? <laughs> Ecosystems are dying. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> She's my like holy grail podcast. What would we even say to her? Like, imagine having her on. <laughs> Oh my god, but like we don't so even Greta, talk what about are your the, thoughts on popping pussy? We don't even talk about the environment. Um boring. I mean, I would be curious to get her thoughts on like I would be curious and I'm just curious what it feels like to be like to kind of just like be a meme for like both sides of the for all sides of the like political spectrum, you know? I have a feeling if we had Greta on the podcast, it'd be one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything. I have nothing to ask her. Like, I barely even know who she is. And you're like, oh, yeah, 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 me too. And then as soon as she's on, you're like, Greta, so I saw you on this one very specific interview. And I'd like to talk about at minute 15 and 34 <laughs> seconds when you said you would like suddenly and be, she really, would be like, like, way mm-hmm, too into I remember it. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you guys would connect over that thing you have in yeah, common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, our love for the environment. Um, exactly. Uh, and being gay. <laughs> and popping pussy on the yacht. Um, See, that's what me and Greta have in common. Oh God. Um, the wait. Venn diagram of popping pussy and being gay. Greta's in the middle. She is the Venn diagram. Um, she. What if she has a Britney style breakdown, and then just like starts like an OnlyFans. Popping pussy on an iceberg. It's more likely than not for anyone who is experiencing some amount of like childhood fame. I mean, I can barely list any celebrity who had the majority of their success in their like formative years who didn't have some sort of like off the rails. It's either like no one stays in the public eye and stays normal except for like Hillary Duff. You either like disappear and become a Walmart greeter. Or you, like, go off the rails and shave your head and have a public mental breakdown. They're, like, the in-between doesn't exist. Thank you. And that's why children yeah. should stay off the internet and out of the media. I'm, like, thinking of the exceptions, but it kind of just proves the rule, really. Um, I'm never like, wrong. Have I ever been wrong once? No, you've literally... Well, that's 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 the thing. That's where, like, that's where my brain starts hurting. Because I'm like, okay, well, I can think of, like, ways that she's wrong. But, like, that's also impossible. Exactly. Um, so there's no there's no point in even speaking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially when you're in the presence of greatness, baby. Shut mm-hmm. your mouth when you're talking mm-hmm. to me. So true. Um <laughs> So before Oh wait, okay. First off, 
what it's since it's weird just because we like recorded things out of order um like trying to continue like the narrative threads that we like <laughs> you ever say narrative threads in front of me again i will have you executed <laughs> and that's uh, a promise have me guillotined in the buckingham palace um you being guillotined in the town square you being guillotined in like keezy square <laughs> i want to see it you being guillotined in fifth street market at the fountain with the rooster the cock fountain. Me being, like, killed by, like, a <laughs> death squad in, like, the little phone booth at Fifth Street Market. <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey guys. Let me paint a picture. The, all you the Marchand boys Center, come out. You know how Oakway Center <laughs> does that thing every, like, Thanksgiving, I think, where they light up the big tree? The one in the parking lot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was like, maybe so there's one year? in, like, the courtyard? I don't know. No, no, no. It's me, it, but it you're just lighting me on fire. Lot. Yeah. Um, this year, when they light it up, they're also going to raise you up, like, in the menu, the guy with the angel wings, that style, and you're just going to hang there until you die. The end. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot. That was, that was fucked up. Um, Do you want my review on the menu? Because I have thoughts. I would love to hear your thoughts on the menu. That you didn't it's know honest- Well, no, I mean, it's honestly, like, it's a, like, I saw it, I enjoyed it. And like that's kind that was kind of like the extent of it. It didn't leave like a super strong impression on me, but like I enjoyed watching it. I guess. To me, to me, to me, it felt like <laughs> someone watched Midsommar and was like, "But what if it was a chef and it wasn't mm. as good?" It- <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's crazy because that's actually like exactly what the screenwriter said. He was just like, I saw Midsommar and I was like, what if I do this worse, but with a chef? Um, and honestly, I respect me, him for that. What was my letterbox review for? I was, pr- I was proud of my letterbox menu review for the record. It was one of those things where like I didn't. <laughs> Damn, I reviewed it. I, I, gave like, a, respect- I gave it four and a half stars. Take that away. Really At least a half a star. Must have really it was one of those movies movie. where I didn't like it, but I'm still glad I watched it and I enjoyed watching it, if that makes any sense. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't one of those films where I'm like, that was so miserable, I want my time back. Because it at least, like, there's... It was entertaining. Conversation and, like, what? It's, like, entertaining. It's not, like, a hard All movie I... to watch, I thought. No, I agree. Yeah. I think, like, my biggest issue with it it's, I mean, it's hard for me not to compare it to Midsommar because they follow such a similar theme. Mm-hmm. The characters in the menu all felt way too two-dimensional to me. I don't know who those people are. Besides, like, some vague, like, kind of clunky dialogue to give you mm-hmm. some idea of what they've got going. But, like, Midsommar gives pretty good back. <laughs> I was saying this to Ryan, and he's like, the one guy just, like, vapes the whole time. And I'm like... I'm like, not the point, but sure. Which guy vapes the whole thing? The one who looks really spooky in the face. <laughs> Her boyfriend has two friends. One of them is vaping the whole time and he like pees on something. The other one's black. <laughs> oh, wait, like the three like tech bros who were committing fraud? I'm talking about Midsommar. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I don't know yeah. how else I can explain this to yes. you. Yes, okay, the one that's scared, uh, Will Poulter. Yeah, yeah, the one that's spooky in the face. Sure, I mean, yeah, if, if that's your opinion. <laughs> I know on Red face. Scare, Anna said she's not insulting women's looks this year. I'm Claire's trying to like double down. Looks. Yeah, I'm trying to make up for what she's not doing, and I'm trying to like double down on the 
physical insults. Girl, what isn't she doing? Um, <laughs> welcome back to our Red Scare recap, recap podcast. podcast. <laughs> um, oh, wait, my, <laughs> hold on, my letterbox review. Um, okay, well, this isn't mine, but someone did say, if Twitter discourse was a film. Um, I said Gordon Ramsay playing Jigsaw, hosting the Hunger Games for the Succession cast at the Parasite House on Midsommar Island. That was beautiful. I said this. Megan commented, to you. "I get it now." <laughs> I told you this while I was watching it, but I think I just have this issue with, and I know that like the theme of the movie in general isn't one hundred percent about class, but there yeah. is like class politics that come into play. This ties in so well to the theme of our episode today. But that was too much. Of my time. I just I'm sorry. have a hard time suspending disbelief watching movies specifically made by wealthy Hollywood elite, performed by wealthy Hollywood elite yeah. about like class struggles. And that was my biggest issue with Parasite because I feel like Parasite is another good comparison for the menu. I loved Parasite, but it also left me feeling like. Okay, even the people playing the servants are going back to their mansions and like like what is the statement you're making here? Like people actually do live like that. And what are you doing? I said get out and do some charity, bitch. Well, <laughs> well with well, I mean okay. Well, Parasite isn't a Hollywood film, you know. Um and I'm using Hollywood as a more no, like, I know. I'm general just saying term. Parasite because like I'll write it. I don't think write, the people are poor though. I don't think the actors and the I'm not people saying who they need to be poor, but I am surprised poor. that you, as an actor, are offended by that. I'm poor. Well, <laughs> so as a poor person, you're offended by it. <laughs> I don't like the like poor people cosplay. It just like rubs me the wrong way. I would say it, it rubs me the wrong way when it rings, like, in untrue or, like, hollow, I suppose. Um, but I, I I guess I, I can't, like, like, I, I, I get it. I respect that. Um, but I can't, like, I just, I don't, I don't think I can, like, ever really get behind, like, not being okay with, like, depicting something um, just because the people who are depicting it may or may not have, like, experienced that, you know? Well, I mean, I think it falls into the category of, like, should Leah Michelle play Fanny Bryce? She's not Jewish. Like, it's that, it's a, like, kind of weird Well, she should. <laughs> Personally, I think that it's, like, a case-by-case -case situation. Um, but it's, like, should cis actors play trans people? Like, Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, well, yeah, I mean, I my opinion on that is, like, trans people should be able to play trans and cis people and like vice versa, just like depending on the role. Um, and Scarlett um, Johansson should be able to play whatever race she wants. And Scarlett Johansson should only play black trans men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those are the only roles that should be available to her. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I agree. No, I agree. I think, I, Whatever, yeah. I'm still consuming the media, so it's not like I'm <laughs> like ready to like, go protest Parasite in the menu. It is just like, it's almost, I don't know if meta is the right word, but it just, it makes me feel a little weird inside that when it's just, it gets too like relevant and poignant. <laughs> I said, I miss fairy tales. Like, yeah. 
when it makes you start thinking about real life a little too much. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I don't want to think. It's kind of like a very subtle fourth wall breaking themes, don't you think? <laughs> People I hate talking about movies with. <laughs> the award goes to... Great. Um, also, for the record, no, I didn't realize Parasite wasn't a Hollywood film. <laughs> I just be yeah, talking. To- totally Korean. Um, but uh, <laughs> I thought no. it was a Bollywood movie. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty positive on that one. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know what they're situation is now but the most of the parasite actors weren't like wealthy people okay but i'm sure they were not living the way that i do like there is a difference they were not living as the characters they were playing no but once again i think that's like pointless i guess i mean there's not like a solution i'm trying to reach here i'm not saying like no i know shouldn't you're like you should we should kill them um we should actually (laughs) kill them and take parasite off of all streaming (laughs) services and i'm gonna start it's clary's least favorite blu-ray disc (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have my dixie chicks moment (laughs) well it's like like where the crawdads sing like that's an example of hollywood doing poor people like so comically and like offensively bad where I'm like, why is the main character literally the (laughs) most beautiful person I've ever seen? She looks like she gets a facial once a week and with her perfect teeth, like perfect skin, perfect hair, perfect teeth. But she's supposed to be like a swamp rat orphan chick. Who's like illiterate and like not saying that like those people like, can't be beautiful <laughs> but when you have daisy edgar jones playing her like literally i'm just like oh this girl like she exclusively shops like free people and brandy melville and like the town is her, supposed like, to anthropology no, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, and like her anthropology like swamp chic cabin like <laughs> i've read the book and like homegirl's been on her own since she was a child if I was abandoned in a swamp as a child, Lord knows I would not have this grill. Like, there is no fucking way. No, I get what you're saying. And also, for the record, I I do like talking about film with you. I just feel like I am, like, playing t-ball no, I know. with a Major League Baseball star. No, I know. I can like, be really I can Yeah, be I can really get annoying. it. I can do it. I can be really what? annoying. I, no, I know I can be really annoying, but it. But I, I like, genuinely hey, hey, enjoy... Hey talking about it with you specifically what if we kiss because like i love i know i do love like getting your thoughts on it that's why i like always <laughs> yeah, like it. i love hearing the thoughts from the local idiot <laughs> <laughs> i love hearing the thoughts from the swamp girl <laughs> um but god god damn I'm, I'm just like this is like this is just <laughs> it, that that movie was insane the swamp girl with perfect skin I where the crawdads sing was absolutely bananas and also like the town is supposed to be like horrified of her and like laughing at her constantly and it's like oh, look at the hottest person we've ever seen <laughs> so relatable i don't know it's just fucking honestly it, i relate it, to that uh, it's very yeah. hard for me to go to the thurston albertsons without getting laughed at for being so beautiful <laughs> i was like ha ah, gorgeous movie star <laughs> Kill yourself. You're so perfect. <laughs> and we're going to frame you for murder. Um, 
happens to the best silly little movie. Well, my (laughs) other issue with the menu, quickly, before... I love you said my other issue. (laughs) As if you haven't listened. (laughs) Excuse me. (sighs) The, sorry, spoilers. The middle section where he, like, asks her to go get the barrel, and she has that fight with the lady with the big ears, and then gets... Yes, and then gets into his little secret room. The whole, like, that felt kind of unnecessary, and it it just it didn't feel necessary to me. It felt like an excuse to have a fight scene. Yeah, it was a little, like, yeah, I know what you mean. It, was, it, it didn't was, feel it was fully fleshed like, out. It was kind of like, it felt more like, okay, well, now this is, like, what has to happen rather than, like, and then this happens. Or, like, but this so happens, true. you know? Um, yeah, it, it was kind the, of, they do, like, they do like screenwriters and like all the classes I took, whatever, like um, they, they always talk about like, you want your story to be, but then this happens, not, and then this happens. Um, and that might try to live. And that, (laughs) (laughs) and that might've been, and that was kind of like probably a good example of more of an and than a, but I'm kind of obsessed with the, um, the like saying if you see a gun it has to go off yeah and i feel like i've kind of taken that and interpreted that for everything in film and tv and especially with the barrel the barrel never came into play i'm like if you see the barrel it has to like i was waiting for the barrel to be more significant i don't even remember the barrel exactly he was like you need to go to the smokehouse and get the barrel whatever i remember and then that she, like what what was in the what was the barrel what was in it I don't know. That's, that's what I I'm just that was yeah. like, That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, too. A million dollars, but the island blew up, so. <laughs> also, dear God. Yeah. That cheeseburger looked so good. Oh, they, yes. They ate and left no crumbs. <laughs> no, they were popping pussy on that island. That, <laughs> what's on the menu? Was kind. Greta had been like, I... The only thing missing from the menu was Greta Thunberg and the small brat girl where the crawdad sings. It is, it's just funny to me that Daisy Edgar Jones is getting cast as like kind of quirky outsider roles. And I'm like, you're literally the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Like watching her and Paul Meskel like fall in love. I'm like, yeah, of course you would. Cause you're the two most beautiful creatures on the planet. Like, when I read Normal People, what's your struggle before the limited series or whatever was out? They were kind of the way that I pictured her looking like a haggard beast. (laughs) (laughs) Only for that movie or whatever show to come out, and for me to be like, "Oh wait, she's beautiful." (laughs) She's like, "I'm disgusting. No one could ever possibly love me." And Daisy Edgar Jones. And same with same with Connell. Like I imagine Connell as like. He's like like a wonky tooth, at least. A wonky tooth, but also just like one of those guys who's like hot because he's like kind of ugly and stupid, you know? Because he was orphaned in a (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Oscar nominee, Paul Mescal. My girl Daisy Um, have to play every leading lady in like 2020's most popular books. Like I don't (laughs) fully get that. Is she gonna play all the roles in the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Isn't series? Jessica Chastain gonna play that? Or isn't I don't Evelyn? know. They should replace that's, her with Evelyn. Not that's Evelyn, what, that's what, Daisy. Fuck. That's what everyone's 
saying, apparently. Um, Don't care. Um, also, couldn't tell you who Jessica Chastain is. Love ya. Redhead. Not Amy Adams. Not Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm. Okay, zero, zero so Dark true. Zero to 30. The Help. Oh, good but for she, her. But, but she was blonde in The Help. I know what you're talking about, though. Okay, yeah. Um, I get her and Christina Hendricks. Hendrickson. Hendrickson. I, I know who you're speaking confused. about. Yeah. The yeah. one with the tits. Yes. Um. Anyways. If you're a fan of her breasts, sidebar, I who encourage you to go to YouTube and watch the Neil Patrick Harris, um, what's it called? Pro Shot of Company. Skip to the middle. You get a lot of good Christina Hendricks boobies. 11 out of 10. And like a slutty little slip and just tits. It's free. YouTube's free. Unless you pay for YouTube premium, but like, what are you doing? In that case, you're just someone who has too much money that they don't know what to do with. (laughs) And you're next for being geeky. YouTube premium is one of those things where it's like, okay, you just like have too much money. And you should be Venmoing me instead. Ever um, thought about just giving me a little monthly six bucks? I'm thinking of like the people that I know who have YouTube premium, and I'm like, yeah, you just have a little too much. Exactly. Venmo me yeah. six bucks a month instead. It's not going to yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like patreon.com slash brain cell girl. Um, exactly. Well, I watched a movie. Watched a movie like twice in one week. The Banshees of Inisherin which came out like last year. It's with Colin okay. Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And it's about like, Clary, it is literally, it's literally about a friend <laughs> breakup on a small Island off the coast of Ireland in like the twenties. I can't. And it's like really, with February really, 11th approaching it's, so it's, rapidly. You it's, think it's, I can handle that? It's so funny. Um, it made me laugh so hard. I mean, I liked it enough that I saw it, you know, twice in seven days, but like really, really funny, very well acted, gorgeous, like a random island off the coast of Ireland has never looked so pretty. Um, so yeah, highly recommend it. It was great. It's okay. on it's on HBO. Um Thank you. Yeah. And I think you'd like it. I I don't think I've ever recommended a movie to you that you haven't liked. <laughs> Now I have to not like it. Yeah, yeah. Now this will be Just the one. I can place. recommend a movie that you won't like. Do it. Where the Crawdad's saying it's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I have to make that my favorite movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of was. Like, the first half, I was, like, pretty high for the first half. And, like, that was fun. And then it started wearing off. And then I was like, oh, okay. Now we're... Now it's kind of slogging. I didn't... I actually didn't even finish the book. I was so... I haven't. I don't know I, about the movie, but the book got real repetitive. I don't. Yeah, I'm bad. I was like, "How is this book popular?" Apparently, the descriptions are really pretty. Yeah, I guess. Which valid? I listened but. to it on audiobook, so I don't know if that made a difference. But I didn't like the narrator, mm-hmm. so that was that was one thing. I can't get through. Um, Spare. No, I finished. No, I finished it. Um, I know. I I couldn't get through Sally Rooney's. New one, beautiful world. Where are you, or whatever? Don't. It was uh, so bad. I just, I'm like, I'm just like reading emails between people who are like too smart for their own good. <laughs> Why are you emailing each other in the year 2019? That's so embarrassing. Imagine if all of our correspondence was via email. <laughs> I'm down to do that as like a trial in February. We only email each other. 
was a trial breakup 2.0 circling back um a trial separation um it's not a divorce no mommy and daddy are just gonna live in separate houses we're just gonna fuck other people people. yeah 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 exactly Um. (laughs) and podcast other people What if we started doing every other episode? It was just one of us with like a different host trying to test it out and we let people decide what they what combination they liked better. But oh everyone unanimously agreed that they prefer us together and we had to get back together. <laughs> that's what that's what life. would happen. Um that's what would happen. <laughs> so- <laughs> sure. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Whatever um, you say, cowboy. Whatever you say. Um Agent Cooper. Agent <laughs> Wait. What? I, I saw some, like, I just saw some dumb Twin Peaks takes yesterday. What are they? That made me want to complain about them to you. Well, it was about the return, and it was being like, this isn't like the old show. And I was like, congrats on figuring out what the entire season is about. <laughs> I mean, like, valid critique. Like, that's kind of my thing with... I'm like, true. When people complain that... <laughs> The return is, quote, too different from the original. I'm like, well, I guess I can't really blame them because it, it is so different. And if you don't like that style, I can imagine why that would be like a little yeah, off-putting. But like, that is the whole point. So <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Why well, I, I... Don't act like it's a hot take. You know what I mean? Like, either no, yeah. say like, yeah, I just didn't like how different it was. I was expecting something closer to the original rather than being like, Guys, did anyone notice that Twin Peaks, The Return, well, kind of feels like, different? Anybody yeah, notice something's kind of up with season three? I saw a YouTube video that was, like, uh, pretty much saying that, like, The Return, like, how Twin Peaks, like, was received when it was, like, originally aired. Um, mm-hmm. It was, like, so, like, groundbreaking and different than, like, anything else on TV. And it, like, was very weird. And so, like, the return is also... If the return had been, like, the original, it wouldn't have that same effect in, like, 2017 when it came out. Yeah, that's true. So so it needs to, like... forget that it came out in 2017. It needs to, like... It does, like, need to be shocking in order to to kind of still be Twin Peaks, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's a really good point. Um, But, yeah. Anyways. Agent Cooper. No, I I do take (laughs) issue with people not or being so like perturbed by like groundbreaking and like genre shaken like Mm -hmm. changes and then once like the whole industry has kind of like adapted to that and shifted they're like wow lady gaga was a pioneer of her like she shaped pop music and i'm like you guys were such haters (laughs) like you can't yeah, I yeah. don't like the like coming around to it later and being like, wow, she was actually a genius. I'm like, well, why were you hating back the, then? The gatekeeping I'm feeling in this moment for Gaga with the Bloody Mary revival on TikTok. <sighs> I'm like, hey, some of us have like been known about Bloody Mary since 2011. Let me tell like, you, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to be 13 years I'm old exhausted. defending Lady Gaga with an iron fist to your like elderly grandparents. They're like, I just don't get it. Why was she wearing a meat dress? And I'm like, you don't get it, Nana. You just don't get it. No, like I, 
And Liter- now Nana's her number like, one fan. My mom didn't like Gaga for like the longest time. Um, and is now just like, she's just so talented and so exceptional. And it's like, cool that you've come around, but also would have been, would have been chill, you know, if when I was like 13 and we're watching her perform the edge of glory on American Idol, if you didn't say, okay, well now she's just having sex on stage. Cause honestly, so what if she was just having sex on stage? Pop culture was an art. Now arts and pop culture. I don't know what else to say about it. I don't know what to say. Oh. But, yeah. Great it's movie like, and music discourse. It's like, well, it's like, you know, some of... Some, <laughs> <laughs> some of us some of us have known that, like, the fame monster changed pop music forever. Some of us knew that the first time we listened to it. You know? Yeah. That's the difference between you and me, listener. <laughs> Nick's high IQ when you're not. I'm smart and you're not. (laughs) I wish some podcasts would just be upfront about saying that to their audience. Because, like, 90. You got one in particular you're subtweeting? No, no, like, genuinely. Because I feel like 95% of podcasts just have an undertone of, like, well, because we're smarter than you, listener. And I feel like you and I are very upfront about uh, this being. Being stupid? About the opposite. I am flabbergasted by the amount of like self-help life advice podcasts started by girlies who already had a platform and like avid like some sort of like fan base and like already having an audience that Mm -hmm. then start a podcast solely based on like ask me for your relationship advice. I do not need to be giving anyone advice. The thought of starting Just the thought of that being my whole brand. Yeah. Like, you send in your stories and I give you my advice. Lord, Lord have mercy. I'm begging you for mercy. Why won't you release me? Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you for threads. Um, so <laughs> now I'm begging for footnotes in the story of your life. Um, oh. Yeah. Anyways, uh, anything else to say? No. I need to go to Whole Foods in an hour and a half. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> the yogurt I like. <laughs> um, oh my god, I think it might <laughs> rain. That would be crazy. Anyways, um, it's like, is it raining yet? Um, so today we are going to be speaking about <laughs> what was like, what seemed to be like really big news like three weeks ago, two weeks ago maybe. Um, and is now, you know, less so, but whatever. Um, <laughs> We're just continuing the discourse. We can't, I want to keep the conversation alive. No, we need to, yeah. Like, they started it. We, like, you know. If you're going to be that annoying publicly, <laughs> I think you deserve to be shamed endlessly. <laughs> so, if you have a we're, we, we're talking about Harry and Meghan. <laughs> Harry Styles and Meghan Donovan. Um, we're... <laughs> No, but this we just in. we're talking about the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, um, of Sussex. So, I listened to his memoir on Audible. Nick wasted eighteen hours of his life listening to Harry Styles' memoir. Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, literally whatever. Yeah, I might as well be honestly. Like, both British, but <laughs> both a little annoying. 
One both, more so than the both other. Both look like they drink a glass of two percent every morning. Um, one I'd let hit it, and the other I wouldn't. <laughs> so okay, so I read his memoir. Should I talk in a British accent the rest of this? I, tr- <laughs> I tried to listen to a podcast. No, um, I tried. Uh, all British people like canceling us. Um, Good. They're like, we are sick of being made fun of. I'm like, oh well. Well, fix your teeth then. Fi- <laughs> like, well, you shouldn't have colonized the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but and now I'm apologizing for my white guilt. Thanks, <laughs> Lord. And I try. Okay, I tried to listen to Megan's podcast. I got like three minutes in, maybe, and I was like, I gotta turn this off. Um. And then I watched the first episode of their documentary on Netflix. And then I realized that all the information in that was also in the book that I just read. So I don't need to listen to it. I also watched the first episode of the documentary. I didn't realize I was a fool. Let's talk. Let's talk. Here's my other like hot take about movie and TV. I'm so fucking sick of serialized documentaries. Six part documentaries. I fucking hate it. Cut it. I would I would rather watch a two and a half hour yeah. movie style documentary than six 45 minute episodes. There ends up just being so much unnecessary filler as we learned in the first one. Like, I don't need to know about your birth, Harry. I don't give a fuck. The, the way that the first episode of the documentary, like, it like, li- okay, so it's like 20 minutes. It's like t- 15 minutes on them like in the beginning like it opens and then we spend like 20 minutes not talking not even talking about harry or megan whatsoever and it's just purely on diana for like 20 minutes and then it randomly goes back to harry and megan but like not in a way there's like one sentence connecting the two i guess but it was yeah it, and it's it was the fact so that he wants to fuck there. his mom it's it was, so weird they're like and how do we tie this back to your wife <sighs> She reminds me so much of mummy. I'm like, oh, I gotta yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't watch this documentary with my giant Sigmund Freud poster staring at me. Like, this just feels... The irony's not lost on me. Okay, so, let's, okay, well, let's talk about the first episode, because then that'll just okay. na- naturally lead, said, that'll naturally lead me to talk about the book, so. As I said to Nick, okay, look, I'll go back to being a good person tomorrow, but for today, I'm a hater first and foremost. I just don't really understand why I'm, like, supposed to care about these people and feel so sorry for their plight. The theme of the first episode was, like, did you know that the paparazzi followed us around our whole childhood? Us, the, like, most prolific figures in this World country. history. Like, <laughs> like literally. The, mo- the most famous people on the planet. And I want to be sensitive to it, too, because, like, mm-hmm. I guess it was not Harry and William's choice to be born into it. That's, like, their own thing to, like, work out in therapy, I guess. But why should I have to feel so bad for you? Because the paparazzi took pictures of you as a famous <laughs> child. Like, boo-hoo. It is. I'm sorry. It is. It's, like, no, it's 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 weird because it's, like, something I kind of struggle coming to, like, a definitive, like, thought or opinion on, honestly. Because... Yeah, like on so on the one hand, as we've said, we are like anti like 
posting your kid on the internet and like mm-hmm. blah 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 um and like that definitely holds true and i definitely like i think the behavior by the paparazzi is like for the most part like disgusting and like reprehensible and yeah and yeah like i i'm sh- i i cannot imagine what it's like to experience like that type of fame where you're being followed to that extent and like on having, the slopes having like every aspect of your life like turned inside out for like the entire world to like consume and judge um however if you're gonna talk about it in adulthood i think this was my issue with the first episode at least is the tone was so like I feel like I was being talked to like I'm an idiot. Like they were explaining what the paparazzi was and acting like they were the like only people who've ever been affected by it. Do you know what I mean? Like that. No, yeah, I w- it was was um, very much the tone. It was like the paparazzi hurt our family. My life was filmed. I'm like, okay. And I mean, and for that, I'm sorry. The but, like, um, like the book almost just exists to like justify its own existence in a way. Like, mm-hmm. the book is essentially just a very, like, a 15-hour, <laughs> like, response to every single negative thing that has ever been printed about Harry or Meghan. Mainly Harry, because he doesn't really meet Meghan until, like, the final, like, quarter of the book, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, every single thing is him responding to, like, at, anytime there was, like, a big news moment or whatever about him, it's, like him just going through and telling like the story or like responding to it mm-hmm. in some, in some way. I don't know. I guess like the story of the book in a way, but there isn't, there also like, re- there really isn't any, it's kind of just like here, are, like things that happened through my life and like how I feel about them, which I know is like, I know it's a memoir, but like, <laughs> if like you're it, describing a memoir, it feels like memoirs should be, like you're telling a story, the story of your life, you know, not and it still has mm-hmm. to be a story. It can't just be like it was just like a series of random events, like not tied together. I mean, there are like recurring characters and places and stuff, and like I guess the story is like it's his like up until now his response to like his mom's death, essentially. Uh, like mm-hmm. everything kind of ties back to Diana in one way or another. Um, I feel bad making fun of this man of how cringe he is in response to his mom's death, but like, but we didn't. You know what it. I mean? We, we, you know, it's not we. We're we're we're, si- we, we're simply podcasters. We're not. <laughs> we're not grief counselors. No, and obviously, okay, obviously, love Diana, of course, um, big time. It's like distract. Jesus Christ. Sorry. I I know. I know you can't hear it, but it's like, just imagine like someone's like on your deck. Just like. No, I can imagine. Powers on. Anyways. um, You just get very distracted by outside noises. No, I do. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, you can't hear it. You're like. Uh, um, He. uh, I mean, until. Until, like, his early 30s, I think, um, Harry never cried um, over Diana's death because up until Damn. up until he was, like, 
25, 27, maybe? Like, around there. He thought she was still alive? Yes. He convinced himself that... um, he can no it's like it's like it's like heartbreaking but like he convinced himself that she literally what we talked about in like episode 13 or whatever like he's like oh she's in hiding like she staged this to get away from um the pop to to get away from from the life whatever and so she's in hiding whatever um and then like every single like birthday, he and I also share a birthday. Um, but like every single Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> every single birthday uh thereafter, he's like, Oh, like maybe she's gonna like this will be the year that she like comes back. Um, or like maybe she'll hold like a crazy press conference. Um, and then he has this like fantasy of her saying, like, William Harry, like if you're hearing this, like come find me or whatever. And I was like and and it's it's so heartbreaking because it's like it, obviously in reality if like that were true that would be unbelievably cruel on her part and like unforgivable and like one of the most evil acts I can imagine. <laughs> um, but it's like it's 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 just heartbreaking that he would like rather have like that as a situation than her you know just dying. Um, Fellas, would you rather have a dead mom or a mom that abandoned you <laughs> hiding for twenty years in Canada? Um, not Canada. Not Canada. So that's where I draw the line. <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's very sad, and he talks about. Um, so I guess her, like, coffin was put in a. It's like it, it's like in one of those like fancy ass like indoor mm-hmm. tombs. It's cold. <laughs> I don't Catac- know. No, they're not catacombs. Not sarcophaguses. Um. Is it not catacombs? No, that's like the caves underground. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we never claim to be anything but what we are. Um, I, <laughs> I, Someone uh, writing into my advice podcast being like, my mom died in a car crash, but I think she's actually in hiding. And I'm like, no, you're right, queen. Go like, to the catacombs. <laughs> find her grave. Dig it up. I don't care who tries to stop you. Bring a gun. Shoot them down. Take no prisoners. <laughs> Hope that helps. But it was like, it's like the one, the one moment of Diana's funeral that no one except Harry and William like witnessed, which is like the, like, just like standing by her grave. Um, and he said that he started crying then just standing there. And he's like, but not because I, but not because I thought that she was dead, but just because of, I imagined how sad it would be if this was true. And I was like, fuck, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, now back to roasting this man. I, so Not he, his fault, but when his wife calls him H, she, when and he, met H, when I met H. M, he calls, he calls her M in the book. I'm like, you, <laughs> hey, C. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Don't ever do that again. God. Hey, I hate that. Yeah. There was something, I mean, because what I watched opened with... Um, Oh, sorry. Also for context, I watched the first episode, and I also watched a couple of interesting um, YouTube analysis analyses of the book and the documentary that had some interesting points that I hadn't thought about, like regarding the racism Megan faced, and just yeah. like they were from British creators, which I feel like is kind of important. Like Americans can put their spin on this as much as they I want. Can, but, like, I can imagine what, day, it, what it would that's be like to have royalty. Not our culture. Can you imagine if we don't live in a monarchy? That would be crazy. 
I, I think, Nick and I are king and queen, but I until then. literally cannot imagine. Like, No, it's very, very different. Yeah. But what I gathered from the first, like, I don't know, the opening five minutes when they were talking about, like, the beginning of their relationship, they felt simultaneously so normal and boring that I'm like, I do not care about... It. Like, I might as well have been watching a documentary special about my neighbors being like, I met Diane on Hinge, and uh, yeah, and he was late to our first date. I like, I can't believe it. But but then the next time you were late, oh my it's god, simultaneously, like, I was so like, nervous. it's simultaneously like, look how normal we are, but also like, our love is literally like of biblical epic proportions and like so unique and so special. And it's like, motherfucker, like, is you're, it? You're not the only person to have ever like fell in love. No, you know what I mean. It's like, giving narcissist. It's giving sociopath. It's like. I have some bombshells no. that I cannot wait to drop. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Did you get diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder? <laughs> Finally. Is that, the, is that the bombshell? <laughs> and I got diagnosed with a sociopath. <laughs> Yay. Big week for Nick and Clare. Yeah. Superstars. That annoyed me, but then simultaneously, the shots of her like feeding the chickens and their massive chicken coop and her being like, I'm having a quiet night, just like picking some roses in this stunning, and like the royal most looking beautiful garden. Monterey mansion. Also, where they're filming it, I'm like, how am I supposed to like feel bad for you guys? Like, yeah, it's it, the most beautiful house I've ever seen. It was much uh. like Prince Harry's penis. I was oscillating between <laughs> feeling like immense amounts of cringe and immense amounts of sympathy. And immense amounts of relatability. I'm like, what is happening? I don't mm-hmm. like it. <laughs> I want my time back. I'm just pulling up the notes. I took so I took a lot of notes on the book. But like, well, okay, so actually the book is framed as Harry explaining to his brother William and his father Charles, explaining to them why he and Megan left. Like they're their positions as I bet William does not give a fuck senior members of the royal family Claret this book I'm someone okay I'm like genuine I'm very neutral in terms of like my opinion on the personalities of the royal family you know same takes up zero real estate in my brain I'm sure that they're like probably really weird people because you can't you it's impossible to be normal under the such not normal circumstances, obviously. But yeah. one, but genuinely, I'm like, I don't, I don't have like too many preconceived notions of what they're like. Um, I think that's why the Megan and Harry relatability thing feels a little creepy. And this book, because like, you're not actually the way that this book describes William and Kate is unbelievable. Like, how does it describe it? This book makes William sound like someone I wouldn't want to be within 50 feet of. <laughs> and it makes Kate sound like... It makes them both just sound like like toddlers. It makes them sound like children who lack any sense of, like, reasonable logic or, like, any semblance of, like, emotional maturity or, like, any... That very uh, well could be the case. ...ability of, like, self-reflection. And I'm not saying it's not true, necessarily. I'm just saying that if my sister wrote a book <laughs> and described me this way, I would literally never speak to her again. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a... There's a story... There's a story in the book of, like, there's been, like... There's been tension between, like, 
William and Kate and Harry and Meghan and like Harry and Meg. I this book this book would have been much more believable and enjoyable and interesting if there had been like at least two or three instances maybe of Harry saying and then I fucked up and did this and I shouldn't have or Megan did, mm. said this and shouldn't have and fucked up um if they like owned up to like not being perfect but there's literally nothing bad about either of them really in terms of like the Megan Mark, like that whole section of his life, narcissistic sociopath. Th- that whole th- that whole section of his life is, um, that whole section of his life is, it's just it's things are things are happening to us, and like a complete. Does that not feel a little narcissistic sociopathic? A complete like lack of like any like agency is how he talks about it, but it comes more across as like a lack of like responsibility, also. Um, oh, but I mean, he's, he's telling this, like, he's telling the story about like how he and Megan, you know, they, they want to make up with William and Kate. Um, so they like have them over and I've heard the story about Megan asking Kate to borrow lip gloss. And I was like, I'm literally like, I feel like I might as well be watching the Kardashians. I'm like losing brain cells. Like I could watch Kylie Jenner fucking, what's her name? Kendall Jenner cut that stupid cucumber and like feel less mentally drained. This is so stupid. And they're, then they're at Megan asked Kate if she could borrow <laughs> lipstick because she didn't have any and Kate was kind of weird about it. And then Megan put it on her finger. I'm like, what is this? Why is this groundbreaking like hot goss? I hate it. It's like. Ooh, so much. Okay. So we're all so stupid. (laughs) Like, okay. They're trying to make up and they're like, but, but it kind of turns into like a thing where they're going over like every single grievance and then they're all just like arguing about it. And then Harry's just like, eventually I realized we're not getting anywhere. Um, so I decided that, you know, we just be like, okay, like let's just like start fresh. Let's like forget about all that. And like, let's just start fresh. Um, and then they're all like, okay. And then it's like silent. And then Kate is like sitting in a chair with like tears in her eyes. And she's like, I'm owed an apology. (laughs) Me as fuck. I'm owed an apology, um, from you, Megan. And then Megan supposedly then goes, oh my God, what, what did I do? Please tell me like, and it's shit like, it's shit like that. It's like, it's okay. You mm-hmm. like, just be honest. It's okay to be like, yeah. And Megan was really fucking annoyed by that. Cause that's annoying ass behavior. <laughs> instead uh-huh. of, instead of being like, Oh, please tell me what I did wrong. No sister-in-law. Um, that's even more annoying. Also, so much more annoying. imagining a situation where Ryan and I have to have my brother and his girlfriend over for dinner and be like, we have some grievances we need to get out. And Griffin's girlfriend crying in the corner being like, you owe me an apology. <laughs> it's hysterical. No, and then you going, oh, please tell me. Please, please, please tell Julie, me. Please, Julie, what have I done? Please tell me. Like, there is just no situation where that is, that's so embarrassing. But the 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 grievance that Kate supposedly had was, um, you made a joke about my hormones. And then Megan's face like goes blank. And she's like, what? I did what? You made a joke about my hormones when I was uh, right after I gave birth to Charlotte, and Megan's like, "What? I don't. 
I what are you talking about? And Kate's like, when we were on the phone, and so literally, apparently, like they were on the phone like a few weeks after Kate had given birth, and Kate like forgot, like something just like slipped her mind, like a small thing, whatever, and was like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I completely forgot about this. And then Megan said something like, oh, I'm sorry, I completely forgot about this. And then Megan, Megan said, well, like <laughs> as an American, she's always screaming. <laughs> She such a stupid bitch. She, Megan says, "Oh, no worries, it's baby brain." And supposedly Kate had like held on to that for like months and then was like, "I need it was like I need to I need to air this out and share this with the group." Um Nick? What? Nick? What? Nick? What? 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 Kate is absolutely serving 2020 Nick. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Kate's like, gonna my feelings are still like, hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Uh, so, so that's, I mean, that's just ridiculous, but. <laughs> okay, but that's, I, I would say, that's one of those things where, like, family do be annoying sometimes. And, like, well, it's all, they've it's got like, their, whatever. You don't need to be, like, they don't, they don't, like, they don't need to be friends. They just need to. When you can still be fa- be like, friendly, I, let's let's make this about siblings. I'm sure there are times when my brother leaves a family function and tells his girlfriend, "Damn, Clary was mad annoying. Like, wasn't that irritating when she did X, Y, and Z?" Definitely. And that is just a part of like <laughs> family dynamics. And I'm sure you do it too, Nick. Because I be annoying, but that's okay because you guys still love me. Yeah, and it it, it goes back just to apologize. that. Just apologize, like whatever. It goes back to like. Like, I understand the circumstances of your family are extraordinary, but, like, familial dynamics are, like, at the core, very, like, pretty universal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, the book's called Spare because Harry says that that's how he was, like, referred to his whole childhood as, like, a nickname. Like, William was called the heir and he was called the Spare. I think that's hysterical. But Spare, not even, like... If William dies, he's like the spare heir. But it's like if William needs like a bone marrow transplant or like a kidney, he's like an extra body. Not saying that's okay. Not saying I condone that. <laughs> also, I didn't read the book, but it just seems like that is a like freak side of British. Sorry, that feels like it's just a weird part of a British monarchy, like. That doesn't seem yeah. like it's specific to William. Like, that's not William's fault. William didn't create the monarchy. He didn't create the royal family. Well, he wasn't... He, does, he doesn't say it as a... He doesn't bring okay. it up as, like, criticizing William. He, he brings it up, like, it kind of, like, ingrained that mind that mindset in both... <laughs> that grinds yeah, that. Yeah, that's um, pretty like, unfortunate. In both of them, where William is... This book, I'm just like, I want to, I want a book from William. I want his point of view on all this. Um, but I, from his bald ass head, he is so not attractive. Um, I'd let him hit William. I'd do anything once. I don't know if I'd do William once. I don't know. Harry, totally, totally. Mm-mm. He's so he's so stupid. I'm not into gingers. Sorry, he'd a, Jeff. He'd be a he'd be a freak. Um, he'd be wild. He just remind you of your dad. And you probably remind him of his mom, and you guys could cry together. <laughs> I'm like, people always say I look like Diana. He'd be like, mommy, mommy. And you'd be like, daddy, daddy. <laughs> and you guys would cry so into those arms afterwards. 
I just call it like I see it, Nick. Okay? Don't come for me. I'm why just did you have it to, real. Why did you have to see that specifically? Um, so it's a little <laughs> fucking psychic. That's so Raven. It's the future I can see. Uh, um, but yeah, so it, it just like ingrained that in in them, and so William is spare always spare two is going to be all about his <laughs> affair with you. It's called spares. Um, I, <laughs> but I think William William comes across as like. Uh, like I said, uh, an insane person, but he he comes across as a um, like he's so paranoid about being like next in line to the throne, um, and like it's kind of like his whole it's like his entire identity that anything that he perceives as like a threat to that um, he responds to like really really intensely and poorly, even if he's just like making it up in his head, um, like. Harry supposedly, suppose I keep saying supposedly. This is like pretty well documented. Harry like loves Africa and like Botswana and like Lesotho, um, and okay, etc. Like he has uh, he has friends there. He's like done a ton of shit down there. He has like a he he has a very strong emotional connection to Africa. Like I feel like I feel like half the book took place in Africa. Um, okay. <sighs> And so at one point he like wants to like start a charity or like do some, I don't know. He wants to do like something charitable with Africa and like Botswana Who or whatever. I think like something about like environmental conservation or something like that. Sure. And he like brings it up to William thinking William was going to be happy. And then supposedly William goes, well, Africa's my thing. You can't do that. That's my Africa's mine, Harry. You ever gatekeep a continent? If you're a British monarch, yes. It's kind of their whole thing. Um, And Harry is Uh. too, Harry's too in, I mean, he's literally part of the family. He's too in the bubble to provide any sort of perspective um, on almost anything Mm -hmm. in any, in any way that feels like, I guess like reliable or, or whatever. Like, the only thing he's really an authority on is, like, what has actually happened to him in his life. Um, But this book, I mean, the first part of the book is, like, his childhood and, like, school. And then the middle part of the book is, like, the Hurt Locker. It's, like, his time in Afghanistan as, like, an Apache pilot. And then the third, the part three is just, like, him meeting Megan and their love being, like, Shakespearean. Um they all guess oh well it's at a it's a this is a documentary they meet they meet at soho house in london um and she's like yeah i'm here all the time like they know me and it's like <laughs> they're just they're both such millennials and i yeah. don't care to hear millennial i don't think millennials deserve documentaries to talk about their love i don't think millennials deserve to access to soho house <laughs> to be in love like i <laughs> but it's like we met at Soho House, and he was like thirty minutes late. Um, and, and I, I was like, "Is this the kind of guy he is?" And she's is like, he "Just like late for things." I'm like, "Us." She's like, "I didn't know anything <laughs> about the royal family. I didn't know anything about any of that." And like, he's just like this guy okay. I met. And it's like, yeah, let's get into it. Let's 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 get into it. I can't stand. Okay, issues with the royal family. <laughs> And the way that the monarchy operates aside, 
if you're if I was about to marry Joe Biden's daughter, I would probably figure out what being in the like presidential family entails before I get like How do deeply I address Joe? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Just a thought. And especially especially with the royal family, I would probably want to know what like what that actually looks like mm-hmm. being married or dating a heir, a spare, whatever, to the throne. <laughs> because it's to me it's not cute, it's not quirky, it's just irritating for her to be like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Like read a I'm book. Like, I'm like, like I'm like, well you should have, because you're what did you you're think getting, you were getting, you're getting into? Heavily involved with a prince. Okay, which you're you're getting involved with like the British monarch, like an is like a thousand year old institution, <laughs> like like do like open some open spark notes or something like. Okay, uh, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. At least I have some vague concept. Like you saw everything that happened with Princess Diana. How do you have so like? Don't play dumb. That's irritating. As well as, okay, if you're, like, seriously dating this man at Soho House, what are you guys talking about if not what being a part of this family is like? Do you know what I mean? Like, what dumb shit are you just staring at each other's eyes being like, I love your red hair, H. That seems to, that, that, seem, that seems, like, is that what's that happening? Seems to, that seems to be the sitch. That's how they talk about it. Or, that's, that's how we talk about it. my He's other. Like, we just got lost in each other's eyes. <laughs> Gross. Or the other, my other theory is that maybe they did talk about it and Megan wanted to flex her like, I'm an American. Is she American or is she Canadian? She's American. Okay. Yeah. Like she wanted to do her little Emily in Paris bit almost. And that's just speculation. But <laughs> I mean, it's hard for me to believe that there was no talk between the two of them of like what would be expected of her. And I almost see it as a like corked up millennial woman being like, this country can't tell me how to be. I'm American. I asked to borrow lip gloss. Do you know what I mean? Once again, <laughs> your I hormones are crazy. Bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. Like, I feel like there is just a piece missing from this. How the fuck There's, do you not have there any are several, concept? There are several pieces. Well, um, because what I was also going to say is like, even I have a vague concept of what that would look like, and I know that I would want to like study up on i don't know how to address the queen like all of that before i just went in there making a damn not, fool of myself not five minutes before she was too busy staring into h's eyes can I, you blame her yes um <laughs> daddy issues so okay first off this book was written by a ghost writer harry did not write this book himself he did not open microsoft word and like type all these pages yeah well, that's irritating because also, what does he know how to type, first of all? Second of all, the documentary opens with them being like, there's so much media about us that we didn't write. And like, we want to speak our truth because shouldn't it come from us? Why are you going to have a ghost written book then? It made, and so I, w- within like four hours. Like, way to invalidate yourself immediately, within you idiot. Within like four hours of listening to the bo- listening to the audiobook, he didn't, I was like, he, he didn't write this. You mean a ghostwriter wrote the, my penis was oscillating, that part? Oh, girl. He talks about his penis so much in this book. It's hysterical. 
I'll tell you no, it's small. Also, he was circumcised. Oh, it's not. It's not. He's, he's, it, no. I feel like anyone who talks about it a lot is probably insecure. That's all. No, he had photos. So one thing he talks about in the book, he like went to Vegas before being deployed to Afghanistan. He went to Vegas with his buddies and like they like picked up some chicks on like the casino floor or whatever and like brought them back to his room. And then they played like strip poker. Um, and then like one of the girls like took a photo of him like dead ass naked and then sold it for like a hundred thousand dollars. Good for her. Get your yeah. bag, sis. So. <laughs> I don't support. I don't support revenge porn unless it's related to the royal. Unless it's Harry. So, um, anyone named Harry. And uh, he apparently another significant piece of speculation in the British media has been whether or not Harry was circumcised. Apparently. And so he sets the record straight that he is circumcised. Who cares? Which is hysterical. And I was like, this is all I've been wanting for in the book. And it took it took seven and a half hours to get there. <laughs> for, I, I started the book and I was like, well, I hope I find out if he's circumcised or not. And then I was rewarded. Um, On hour seven. God. So, rewarded for your hard work. <laughs> I... So it's it was written by and yeah so like four hours in I'm just like he didn't write he didn't write this book, um and I looked it up I said spare ghostwriter and it's like sure enough you have like the guy who wrote Phil Knight's memoir about Nike and uh another man an- I'd like to porn from an- another from like a tennis star, um and yeah and the and that makes the entire and like I. It's just disingenuous. So I can't, I can't take anything in the book like really seriously, or like really even like comment on it almost because I'm like, well, you didn't even write this, Harry. Because also the first half of the book, you spend talking about how much you like hated school and was like, and you were stupid and like bad and like. At me next time. Like he's he's just talking about how like he wasn't good at school and how he was like an idiot the whole time. And I'm and I'm I'm, like relatable. Harry, you and I could kiss over that. I also hated school, and I was also bad at school. Call me. And Claret, do you think you're, in the next 10 years, going to turn into someone who can write a 450-page memoir? You know? Like. <laughs> no. What the fuck? It's like, it's like he, he's talking about how he, like, was, he was, like, he's like, I'm a, I was a bad writer, and I, like, wasn't smart, and I was bad at school, and I'm like, and you magically became someone able to, like, write a book in 18 months. I have to write a 450 page memoir now to prove me wrong. That was an incredible roast. (laughs) You'll ghostwrite my memoir. I'm like, this is Nick, (laughs) by the way. Um, I did, but I like, don't, I, (laughs) I just make it all up. Um, and yeah. And so it's, how many people did he claim he killed in Afghanistan? He claimed he, he claims that he killed 25 Taliban in Afghanistan. Okay, so in mainly, my memoir, can you claim I killed 26? So mainly... <laughs> Just main, like one Mainly from his, like, attack helicopter, um, <laughs> like, dropping, like, bombs. And so, it was it was, it was was crazy. It was crazy. And that part, that part kind of slogged a little bit. Um, I mean, if you're into war, I guess it's interesting. But it was... It was... Whatever. It was just stupid. Um, war is bad. Because I watched an interesting YouTube analysis from a black British creator who was talking about, I mean, there's not a whole lot I can say on the issue because I am not black nor am I British, <laughs> except I just thought it was interesting what but she had to say. But we have thoughts. 
I thought it was interesting what she had to say because, first of all, she was talking about the fact that in British culture, Megan isn't considered black. She's considered mixed, which to them is like a separate thing. You're okay. like, you're black, you're white, you're Asian, you're mixed. Like that's, that is just what she is ethnically. Mm-hmm. And so this whole like, I mean, the way that racism is viewed in the UK is much different than it is here. Not to say it's not like alive and well in the UK. It's just like viewed and approached differently. Mm-hmm. And what she was saying is that, so like what may seem like abhorrent to American audience and like even to Megan herself, she yeah. do be American. <laughs> what may be seen as like volatile and racist to UK people is just like, LOL, two people holding hands with a monkey. Not to say that makes it okay, but it mm. is just like a cultural and like racism difference. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that she was saying that I thought was interesting was that the way that like racial politics exist in the US and the way that racism is discussed in the US is, well, first of all, it's not the same in the UK. And their like version of it is class politics. Mm-hmm. Because it's a monarchy, so much like conflict, even just like interpersonal conflict, is about like the poor versus the rich, and um, like as Lord said, postcode envy, and <laughs> like that is their big issue. So like the racism isn't as like big of a deal is kind of what she was getting at, which I thought was. An interesting point of view or perspective, at least. And, like, I don't know how true it is. She's just, like, some <laughs> YouTube girl. Yeah. But I still thought it was interesting that, like, she definitely has a different perspective <laughs> She's American. on the She's situation than accent. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, like, obviously that's all abhorrent. Um, and, yeah, and can't imagine what it's like to be treated in that way. Um, but also it's – sorry – but that's something you kind of got to know yeah. when you're it's also like, it's joining all, it's like a new culture. Harry Harry knew better than literally anyone what Megan would be getting into press-wise. Mm-hmm. Because he talks about all of his relationships and how they all, and how a lot of them ended because the girl couldn't deal with how like being being followed and having her press 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 having press. her harry don't need no press <laughs> having her like friends and family <laughs> followed and like all that shit sure um so it's like he knew what she was getting into and so he had like a ethical obligation to like give her a huge heads up um and be like you can't you can say that you want this now but like you actually can't imagine what it's good what it's what okay. it's what so it's actually either, gonna be like and yeah so either I, he didn't do that or mm-hmm. he did and they're like playing for like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. back to yeah. Yeah. her yeah. being american with the queen like either she was prepped and then just chose to be quirked up or <laughs> he fumbled the bag and either he explained what the press was like and she was like I'd do anything for you. And then once, like, shit hit the fan, she was actually like, wait, I don't like racism. Can you believe (laughs) (laughs) Or he didn't properly warn her. Like, will we ever know? You need to have sex with him and get to the bottom of it. He he seems genuinely shocked by the 
inaction taken by the the palace and his family in responding to these okay. all these claims about Megan. And it's like Why are you so shocked, honey? It's I've never read I've never experienced someone who it's like just close the laptop. I've never experienced someone who like needs to like embody that more of like mm-hmm. you need to do everything in your power to not see what is being said about you and your girlfriend in some mm-hmm. shitty ass British tabloid. Cause mm-hmm. mo- okay. Most people don't read them. Uh, a, a higher percentage will see the headline when they're checking out at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. A, sl- a, a tiny percentage of people will open it and read what you wrote <laughs> inside and an even smaller percentage of that will treat that as like truth, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've, I don't, I, 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 I've never, especially in my adult life, I've never looked at a tabloid and been like, wow, can't believe that happened. No, I think it all goes back to the like addressing it and like making a statement about it just draws more attention to it. If you just ignore, like tabloids and- aren't going away. And I think most people could agree that they're pretty unethical and say a lot of fuck shit and also be full of lies. Like, we've all seen that clip of Ashton Kutcher and mm, what's her name? Demi Moore. No, what's Mila this Kunis. woman's name? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Where there was like a headline on a tablet that they broke up and he's like, babe, did you know we broke up? Like, stupid shit like that. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, it's, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So like, like I'm sure, I think and like I'm sure, should be spewing racist rhetoric. No, I'm sure it but is, is drawing attention to it going to make it go away. Perhaps not. Back to you, Nick. Harry knew what he was getting into. Megan should, and I'm not. I'm not talking about the like specific like racist hate on her. Um, although, unfortunately, it's like I'm not shocked that this happened. I'm not shocked that these that they said this. I'm not shocked that like British aristocracy. Like, I'm not surprised that, like, British elite and, like, the monarchy. Think that's funny. Historically, the most violent racist group that's ever graced the planet um, (laughs) had. Exactly. Didn't, like, we're going to, we're not going to be horrifically racist for the first non-white, like, member of the royal family. It's like the cheapest, oldest joke in the book. Is it funny? Is it something we should actively be like participating in? No, but like, why are we surprised? Like these people, like they 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 colonize. They like the, colonize the, the whole, whole fucking world. The world, like like semi like, recently. Harry's too. no like, Harry's grand, like Queen Elizabeth, literally was like part of her duties as as a young queen was like going to like African colonies and like speaking to the people. Like, there's a moment. So I'm a big fan of that show, The Crown. Um, <laughs> that's all about her. And in like one of the like one of the first episodes, she like goes to an African colony, and her speech it's like so horrifying. Um, it's like the late '40s or something, and she gives the speech pretty much being like, I think she's in like Nairobi, um, and she's like, before the monarchy arrived, Nairobi was a savage place. And it's like, <laughs> like, okay. like, like verbatim, like, okay. But you know what? That's actually a bigger conversation that, I mean, like homegirl died a couple months ago. People <laughs> who were actively alive during that time and 
I mean, the Holocaust and segregation and like horrible moments in the history of the world are still alive. And these things were like pretty recent. Like this is a blip in time. And like, we are so much closer to slavery than like we like to actually think. And so it is easy to like on one hand be like, it was so long ago. And it's also easy to be like, it was so recent. Like we've simultaneously made a lot of progress in a short amount of time and no progress at all. Do you know what I mean? There are people, there are people alive now whose like grandparents were slaves. Like we still have plenty. Like there are plenty. Or who kept slaves. Or who kept slaves. Yeah, (laughs) no, like there are plenty of people alive now who knew someone who was a slave or who owned people. Mm -hmm. And that's like, very unthinkable. I don't know how exactly how this relate, but yeah, no, it's like we're not we're not like very we're not as far away and like progressed as we like like to think, just as a whole. Yeah, yeah. I and just mean like so Harry knew this woman like. <laughs> yeah. Let's turn the wheels, ladies. Um, I will say, so I <laughs> I have some insider knowledge. Um, you know the queen. I know someone. One of my. I, I have a friend, and this is I'm not Megan. Um, just clarifying that based on what I'm about to say. I have a friend who knew was it Chapman G five who lived in Oregon for a period of time. Who's my best friend? I have a friend who knew someone who worked at the publicity firm that um, Megan Markle was a client of. Oh. And so, obviously, this is, like, you know, a few uh, links removed. Degrees separated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but according according to my friend who talked to uh, their friend about this, Meghan Markle is, like, Regina George. Like, like literally, like, where'd you get your dress? That's the ugliest effing skirt ever. Like, just, like, mean girl. That doesn't surprise me. And it doesn't surprise me. And it doesn't surprise me either, honestly. She's got fake girl energy. No, she, 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 yeah. Yes. And, and just knowing that. And so, like, I, my friend told me that, like, like, years ago. Um, I think, like, when they left the royal, their, their royal duties. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember asking my friend, I'm like, oh, what do you think about this? And she's like, oh, well, like, I know someone who worked at this publicity firm and uh megan was like a nightmare and like just like a mean girl um which is like it's like it it's like it's it's just like inexcusable you know what i mean just like being like mean and like rude like that it's just like there's nothing like redeeming about it like i've heard of celebrities of like some of them have like such like severe anxiety that they're like you know (laughs) they're like oh i don't I, i i can't go to this event i won't like i'm gonna throw up and like you know, it's like okay, that's yeah. not that's not like an attractive trait, but it's like oh, I, like I sympathize with you, like that must suck, Hello. whatever. Being just mean, it's like there's nothing <laughs> redeemable about that, and no. you know, as a mean person, um, nothing redeemable about as it. As a bad guy, as a bad guy, but it just makes this entire thing not. It just makes this entire situation feel so calculated, and yeah. It feels real, it like, and I'm not saying this is, I'm not saying I 100% think that this is what's happening. I'm just saying, like, it feels, like, <laughs> just in, instinctually and, like, emotionally, mm-hmm. it feels calculated. It feels, um, 
I mean, that's really that's really kind of the best word. Like it feels disingenuous. It feels that's... it feels disingenuous. It feels calculated in the sense that Megan specifically may have seen an opportunity to go from D list actress um, mm-hmm. to you know like a a household name and mm-hmm. and I'm not saying. I'm not saying Get she I'm not, I'm not saying she did that by like marrying Harry or any of that. I'm saying like I kind of like the way that they've capitalized on the situation mm-hmm. puts it, it bad taste in my mouth. Like it, it going from it's like I thought you didn't want anyone talking about you. I thought you wanted people to leave you alone. I thought that's why you left. I thought you left because you were sick of people like I mean, obviously I would be too, but like <laughs> People photographing you everywhere you go and people like talking about you and people saying lies about you. And it's like, okay, so you start a podcast, a six part Netflix documentary series, and you release a memoir all within like six months of each other. (laughs) And okay. I thought we had got the like insider scoop from the Oprah special. I don't, it feels a little, huh? To me to have, if that's all they did, I would be like, multiple times yeah. you can't have yeah you can't do a Megan and Harry tell-all every couple of years and then occasionally multiple times in a year like no it's like if all they did was the Oprah interview I would have been like okay like I get it like they left and people and they want to comment sure. publicly on it like whatever sure I don't care it's like diabolical to want to, to like keep digging it up and especially well, in the way the way he's like completely a severed to his dad and his brother, he's completely like, severed that relationship. Like, uh, I, write to them privately, perhaps. I don't need to read your personal mail. And okay, but also like the real supervillain of this of the book Spare <laughs> is fucking Camilla. Like, she, this woman is crazy. <laughs> this woman's a like sociopath. Oh my god. Okay, my favorite internet take. And everything is a sign is from Camilla Diana. Camilla was beautiful to him. and like standardly attractive. That her and Charles's love story would be like some beautiful tale of star-crossed lovers. But because she's ugly, <laughs> it's like fuck this bitch. She did Diana so dirty, which is so fucked. I'm like, you guys are nuts. And by you guys, I mean the general public. Like, why are we making edits of how ugly Camilla is in comparison to Diana? You fucking know if she was had big old titties and a fresh BBL and a <laughs> less spooky looking face, people would love her. If Camilla had tits, I don't even know what her rack looks like. Oh, um, Let's Google. <laughs> Royal boobs. This was a moment. I wanted to share with you a, a note I took. Great. <clears throat> so Charles asked him what he wanted to do after graduating high school. Like, what do you want to do for, like, a career? Mm-hmm. Guess what Harry says he wants to do? Ooh, okay, okay. Um, and no, you Harry will not wants, You will not be able to guess. Harry wants to fuck a bitch in a field <laughs> and get frostbite on his dick and then settle down... With a beautiful mixed American lady. <laughs> and and Charles said, and I can do that. Um, I can make that happen. <laughs> no, he, dude, he literally says, <laughs> he's like, well, I would love to work at that fondue hut at the ski resort that mummy <laughs> loved. 
but then he's like but then Harry but then Harry's like (laughs) but then Harry's like oh wait sorry that's like really silly um can I be a ski instructor and then Charles is like no and then he's like can I be a safari guide in Botswana (laughs) can you imagine Prince Harry being your safari guide He's like, and over there, my ancestors took over, and over here, my ancestors took over. <laughs> the, tri- <laughs> <laughs> the trickle down from Fondue Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Fondue Hut. <laughs> Mommy loved that Fondue Hut. She would take us there on Imagine holiday. Imagine Jeff sitting you down as a Ugh. child, being like, little Nick, what do you want to do? And you're like, well, I'd love to be a waiter at Turtles, because Mummy loved it so much. <laughs> and he's like, it's actually going to close down during a global pandemic. And he's like, Daddy, what? You look awfully like Prince Harry. It's the red air. And he says, Nick, why are you talking in a British accent? He's like, what fun do? <laughs> so, yeah, this, bu- this ghost-written book that's supposedly a tell-all. And then... And then, I don't know if he said... I want to work in the fondue hut that mommy would always have to throw up after eating at. I read, like, supposedly, like, he cut out, like, a ton of stuff from the book um, because his family would have never forgiven him. And it's like, either put it in and own up to it, or don't put it in and don't talk about it. Don't be a cock tease. Like, Fuck that. Like, like, stand behind the book that you didn't write. Like, <laughs> I've always said that. No, I, I, you know how I feel about the, like, it was too juicy. We had to keep some of it out. Like, are, are you teasing Us it with for our a second? Patreon book? content. Um, okay, well, at least we're putting it somewhere. At least, <laughs> at least we're just putting it behind a paywall. Um, how much do I have to pay to hear? <laughs> Harry's untold stories. Harry, I'll give you any money. I'll give you any amount. You name and price. I'll give and, you your own fondue hut. It feels like, <laughs> you know, it feels like they're really <laughs> capitalizing on it and they're really adopting. And I noticed this a lot in his book, but they're the language that they use to talk about everything as once again, as they're in. Oh my God. <laughs> so fucking cute it could kill me um the language that they're using they use this like language of like victimhood um (laughs) in kind of like really insidious ways i've noticed um and there's a part in the book where harry talks about he like start he started to really love rugby like playing rugby after he was like 13 after diana died um Mm -hmm. and then he or ghostwriter but the book like turns it from like, oh, he found a good outlet, whatever, mm-hmm. like whatever. It turns from that to like, um, he's like, I just didn't have, I just didn't have a, uh, I just didn't feel pain ever, like getting hit. Like I loved it so much, and I could just like keep going. Um, and he's like, and then I realized that was like my form of like self harm, and I could just like see. Try picking out your ingrown pubic hair, I, Harry. <laughs> Try that. I could just see him talking to Megan one night and being like and being like yeah after my mom died I like really got into rugby 
um and turns out i had like a super high pain tolerance so i was able to like get hit and just like keep going and like yeah it was and cool like, whatever Promise you'll never do it again no and her being Promise. like and her being like well harry actually um it sounds like that was actually your form of like self-harm and like a way to feel something after the loss of your mother you know what i mean like you, i just like i was listening to this and i was like yeah. oh i can just hear her being like Girl, I could put that spin on literally anything I do. Yeah. My high school theater career, that was self-harm, let me tell you. Everything I do is self-harm. Um. <laughs> Podcast, number one. It's like, and then I dip me hand into the fondue pot. <laughs> yeah, I, I... And the book the book ends, and he has his family, and they're, like, living in, like, Big Sur, I guess. And, like... Should we go find him? We should, yeah, let's, go, let's go take photos of that. <laughs> <And> <laughs> And it just ended, and I was like, it, it just felt like the entire point of the the book was just to keep them in the conversation, but right. in a way that they have control over. And it's like... Yeah, it's giving, like, don't look at me. Oh, my God. Like, no. No, like, don't, like, don't, don't look at me. <laughs> don't sexualize my giving that. tight, wet pussy. <laughs> like, I... It's like, don't look at me while I'm wearing a neon sign. No, yeah, yeah. It, it's and I, if you really didn't want like people to literally do what you and I are doing right now, which is like talk about them and speculate about who they are personally. If you don't want people to do Rip that, them to fucking shreds. Then you can't. You can't put out the second you put out any type of like the second you put something out into the world that like you created. It's kind of like no longer yours. And people are going to do whatever the fuck they want with it. Um, yeah, especially when you're, you're giving us, like, hours and hours of content. Especially when you're the prince. <laughs> he does talk about, in the book, when he goes to Africa, um, he talks about this one time. They're, like, in a big-ass tent, like, sitting around, mm-hmm. singing song. I don't know, whatever. Like, big group of people. And then they, like, hear a noise outside the tent. And it's, like, a leopard, like, kind of just, like, stepping by the door. And the leopard pauses and, like, looks inside. And everyone froze and kind of, like, stepped back. And he's, like, but I just, like, felt a connection with that leopard. And, like, I stepped forward towards it. Because, um, you know, it, like something about that leopard, I just, I knew, I knew it was my mom. It's, like, everything is his mom. We like, can talk more about him wanting to fuck his mom and <sighs> what's-his-face kissing his son on the mouth. Next week. Next week can be the incest special. Tune in for episode 71, Incest with Nick and Claret. And the baby. He... The little dope <laughs> He asks one of his, like, bodyguards to procure, like, the top secret, like, reports on, like, Diana's death. This man's obsessed. <laughs> and... Like, get a life. He says that, like, looking through it and visiting the tunnel that she died in um he's like the way like the, he he literally says like the official report of her death never made sense to me and i talked to william about it and he agreed that it doesn't make sense and that we should reopen it but then they were talked out of it by the powers that be so they didn't reopen the case and that and like that's it and like he's just, that's all he says he's like we were talked out of it by the powers that be and then never goes back to it again and so, like, my little conspiracy brain is going off. But, like, the way she died was sus as hell. Like, Amen. 
Because he says, he's like, he's like going through the tunnel. He goes through it at like 65 miles an hour, the same speed that she was going at. And he's mm-hmm. like, it's a short, completely straight tunnel. Um, and and he says that he like looked at photos. Nick and I will get to the bottom of it. Photos of her in the car. And he's like, she like looked fine. Um, and I'm like, yeah. Maybe she was still out except there. Except her eyes are shut. Um so like Maybe that was, she was just planning on making a comeback, and she read his shitty ass ghost written book and watched his shitty ass documentary, and was like, "Actually, I will stay in hiding." That's my take. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she'll come on. She's like, "I like it up here in Canada." Maybe she'll come on the pod. <laughs> Diana Spencer tells all. Twenty five uh, years like, later, the worldwide exclusive. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> we have Diana. Okay. God, that'd be insane. Diana, I, I have been wanting to say this because I've thought this ever since I, I started reading the book. If, Di- if, if Diana was alive today, if Diana was alive today, I think she would have the most Instagram followers out of anyone on the planet. Oh, I bet you're right. And, but she, no, I totally agree. But she would post like once a year and it would be like just a photo of like William and Harry and she'd be like, my kings or like something like that. <laughs> Her Instagram would kind of be like Martha Stewart's Finsta. Uh, no, it would be it would be like when she posts, it's an event, but like everyone just follows her. You know, it's like a default yeah. follow. When you create an Instagram account, you're already following her. It's like that U two album, <laughs> and then she drops an album. <laughs> Diana's just working on her music career in Canada. When it's ready, <laughs> she'll make her return. Guys, don't rush She's her. She's gonna debut her single on the Two Girls One Brain Cell podcast. <laughs> It's called the tunnel. <laughs> Pro in sixty five. Okay, bye, bye. Hello, thank you so much for listening. I hate recording these little outros because I know no one listens. <laughs> but you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Brainsell Girls. You can go to our website to submit any stories uh, that you have on your own that you want us to read on air at brainsellgirls.com you can also get merch there and you can support us on patreon for bonus content at patreon.com slash brainsellgirls and yeah thank you for listening we really appreciate it